This week on the Habs Forum, the Canadians are on another long losing streak, and I think even the most optimist fan is about ready to throw in the towel. Not looking good, seven losses in a row, third loss of the year against the Detroit Red Wings just happened. We're going to talk about that, talk about some moves, a lot of moves to talk about. A Russian star I never thought I'd see in a Canadian jersey, not so much a star anymore. The defenseman we needed at the beginning of the season, not right now. And uh, a prospect we gave up on a while ago, moving on to probably do nothing elsewhere. <laughs> we'll have some Twitter questions. As always, ask us questions on Twitter if you have them. We love to answer them. Twitter handle, at the Habs Forum. The Rocket, they're on a winning streak, doing the opposite of the Canadians. We're going to talk about that if they have a chance at the playoffs. And, of course, we're going to recap the World Juniors. So a lot to talk about today. Let's start with a negative. Uh, can't you just feel the optimism oh, coming out of so, this episode? I, mean, I can't wait to see that Fanyard <laughs> in a Habs jersey. That'll be fun. I mean, that's that's the only thing that could you know make this season worth worth and, it. Basically, and it's not just Lafreniere. From, from 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 what from everything I've read, I've seen, and everything, it's, it seems like a, there's like a top seven or eight that's really really solid in this year's draft. I mean, we'll get into that in future podcasts, but let's hold on to that as the <laughs> the reason to celebrate these games. So since the last pod, they've lost five in a row. Not only that, all five except one was by one goal. The one game that was by two goals was against Carolina, and Carolina scored an empty net goal. Yep, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's obviously they're on a seven-game losing streak right now. They've they really haven't played that bad though. That's that's that, the thing. That's the thing, especially like after like, after Gallagher went down, it's mm-hmm. like oh my god, everything that can go on goes going on. But really giving in some honest performances, some strong performances, not quitting. But it's just. Like today, everything that could go wrong could go wrong. Some bad bounces. I mean, they did get one very lucky bounce on Demete goal. Yeah, that's today. true. But that's aside true. from that, it just seems that bad bounces and just. I mean, yesterday against Winnipeg, they definitely did deserve the win. Great effort against Tampa Bay on Thursday. Overtime loss against Pittsburgh on Saturday. It's just. Yeah. Well, I I thought they didn't play very. Like today was, I think, probably the worst they've played out of. The seven game losing streak. Yeah, I've, like I, I don't think they really deserve to win tonight. But I mean, I mean against Detroit, I mean it's yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they got outshot. Pretty, I'm not sure what the what the final shots were, but they were getting outshot. You know, by by a certain margin. Usually, they they outshoot a lot of their opponents, and that's been the case a lot of the time over the losing streak. Some of the games that they probably should have won, like you said yesterday, um, they they probably deserve to to get the win yesterday, but haven't been getting the bounces. But uh, yeah, obviously tonight wasn't too pretty. Again. Detroit now with 11 wins on the season, three against the, against the Canadians. I mean that's just pathetic. I mean <laughs> at this point, I've 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 now accepted the Canadians aren't going to make the playoffs. I mean if if you look really at the at the standings and if you consider how many points a team needs to make the playoffs most years, which is about 95, 96, and even then, what the Canadians have 93 last year and missed the playoffs. Yeah, I think it was 93. Like at, at 95 points, you're just squeezing in, and for the Canadians to get 95 points at this point. They they would have to win like twenty seven of their last uh what are we, twenty uh thirty eight games, games. 30, there's yeah. thirty eight games left so well, twenty seven and eleven that's not happening that's uh, <laughs> spoiler this is not happening and I, before people start telling us well St Louis did it last year St Louis did it. it's okay it's it's not happening they St Louis is a fluky uh, thing it doesn't happen all the time and just the, the injury bugs just killed the Canadians this year. 
and it's just coming back to bite them. And the thing is, is as, as a fan who's looking ahead to, to the draft and still recognizes that this team has a young core and the, the future is potentially bright for the Canadians, I can't help but feel horrible for the likes of Carey Price, who's taking it hard, mm-hmm. Shea Weber, Gallagher now who's injured, who's, who's got to be so, so frustrated. All those players that we've grown to love that just at some point, because we want this team to – Hopefully next year be a winning team, but when you keep losing like that, like oh, it, I just don't know. Like it's it, tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough for sure. I mean, you know, I think they still have a couple of good years left in them. Obviously, Weber's had an amazing season this year, um, so he probably still has you know another two or three good seasons. Price obviously isn't having the greatest season, but I think you know he's he's still got a couple of good seasons in front of him. Two Gallagher's still somewhat young. He's at 28, I think, right now. So, still pretty young. Obviously, he's still got quite a few good years ahead of him. But I think you know we're some of the young guys are coming up now. Hopefully, you know they'll be here in the next year or two, and and you know we'll have the the older guys still within their prime, and then the young guys coming up. Hopefully, we'll be able to hit a sweet spot there in two or three th- two or three years. Hopefully, uh, Lafreniere obviously would be a big help towards that as well. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and. Keep talking positively and just say he will be a great help for that. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You never know. But I mean, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. But it, it's just for the Gallagher. I get that he's still young, but it seems like he's been with the team for ages, right? Because he broke yeah. in so so early, and at some point it weighs on you. With 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 Carey Price. Now he's the one that's been the most vocal. Uh, he, in the interviews after the game, he's talking about how frustrated it is, and he's just trying to to move on. And he, he's definitely over the the, the losing at this point, uh, as far as he goes. I'd, I'd be curious to to really know the honest answer of how he feels about his performance, yeah. how he feels about the team's the team defense, because because goaltending is is such a hard position to really to really quantify. Uh, but I mean, he's looked bad at times, but at the same time, he's because our defense is so bad. I'm not that worried about Carey Price moving forward with this team. Honestly, no. we, we've seen team goalies like bounce back and be strong and into their late thirties. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely. I mean, as long as he stays healthy, uh, you know, I think Carey Price can definitely be a good goalie. Um, one of the top goalies in the NHL. I don't think that's changed. Obviously, he struggled. Um, I think you know, so the defense in front of him has obviously been uh, has has their part to play in his struggles this season but um, yeah I think if they can shore up the defense hopefully as early as next season uh, I think that'll make a big difference for sure what it seems to be with the defense is they'll have an okay game but then it's big mistakes it's not just a little like like against Winnipeg yesterday the 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 mistake which was a kind of a combination of Nick Suzuki and Jeff Petrie just on the power play terrible entry uh and then just which creates a break a two man breakaway on the PK with arguably the two best players on Winnipeg Price had no chance on that I mean he tried mm-hmm. his best I mean what we, you could consider a goal that maybe Price would have want back was another breakaway that yeah. kind of just squeezed between his pads and you look today Lindgren actually had a solid performance in the first uh, arguably kept the Canadians in the game allowed them to get a, a strong lead. And then our top pairing, who have been the, the, one of the brightest spots for the Canadians, and Ben Schrott and Shea Weber, two really bad cough-ups in the third period yeah. that, that, that cost the Canadians. If if we were in the middle of a playoff hunt, like truly, I I think I would be furious at those two right now. <laughs> ben Schrott yeah. especially just got... Yeah, the, especially as Schrott. Just got his pocket picked completely on, on the one goal, uh, the Fabry goal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
And then, I mean, and then it was just kind of a Weber, Kovalchuk, and Chirac trio of not knowing how to play zone defense that gave gave the Wings a breakaway there at the end. So, Exactly. I mean, you're not playing, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Maple Leafs. You're one of the top teams. You're playing the worst team by a wide margin yeah, in the okay, NHL. Yeah, wide margin. So, the worst team except against the Canadians. That's true. They're... they're like the monsters, basically every time they play the Red Wings. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't understand. Like the, the the Canadians don't deserve to to win anything at this point if they can't beat the freaking Red Wings. It's frustrating. I mean, what what is going on here? I mean, today was in Detroit, but even if you look at the, the Red Wings record, the two other losses were were in, in Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Red Wings have four wins on the road. Four wins on the road. Two of those two are in them Montreal. In, <laughs> two of them but, in Montreal. What, what is up with that? That is the most shocking stat for the Canadians this season, though. Eight, ten, and four at the Bell Center this year. I don't remember ever seeing that for Canadians team. No, it's true. I mean, usually the Canadians are. I mean, you know, I mean, everyone talks about the the Bell Center being tough for the opposing team to play in. You know. But uh, obviously that hasn't been the case this season. They've they've actually been pretty decent on the road. I think they're above five hundred, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, ten ninety three uh, on the road, but eight ten and four. Like I've seen seasons where the Canadians are around the same place in the standings, but they have a great at home record and a yeah. terrible on the road record. It's the complete opposite this year, and it's just if if looking at it quickly, I mean, really the 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 Devils and the Red Wings are the only two teams that kind of compare. It's one of the worst home records. In the NHL, I mean, look, looking at the Western Conference, no team is under 500 at home. It's just completely unacceptable. I mean, a 10-9-3 record on the road wouldn't be that bad if you had a, a good home record. Like, you should have. Like, if they had, I don't know, 13 wins uh, and, and five losses, which is not that crazy at home. Like, you should be doing better at home, but it's just not happening at all for the Canadians. Yeah, no, it's, it's not working for them this season. I mean, obviously you're not going to go too far if you've already had an eight-game losing streak and now in the midst of a seven-game losing streak. Exactly. I mean, I, I remember we were talking about in the, at the end of the eight-game losing streak how odds are most teams that go through an eight-game losing streak in the season don't usually end up making the playoffs. If you're a fringe playoff team, that probably means that's the thing you look back on as to why you missed the playoffs. Oh, you out of seven games losing streak, and then they're <laughs> and playing. It's not over yet. <laughs> it's not over. Playing Edmonton on Thursday, that's not going to be easy. I mean, Connor McDavid just scored one of the craziest goals I've ever seen the other day, uh, yesterday actually. I mean, it's just it's just not happening at this point. And the one bright spot though, as a fan, the games have at least been entertaining. That's true. Even I mean, though they keep losing. Like you said, I mean, it's been, uh, I mean, the seven-game losing streak, it's, it's basically been, or at least the five-game losses um, over the last week have all been one-goal games, with the exception of the uh, of the Hurricanes game where they scored the empty netter. Actually, so, you, I mean, can, you can keep it going, because Florida before that, 6-5, Tampa Bay, 5-4, and then, yeah, the whole the whole losing streak, because then Winnipeg was a win. The whole losing streak, one-goal games, except Carolina, which is essentially a one-goal game. Yes, I mean, they, you know, they're not getting blown out. They're actually playing some pretty decent hockey, especially when you consider all the injuries. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, Drouin's been out for a while. Army has been out. Byron, I mean, was struggling anyway, but he's but he's still out. Gallagher, probably the best player on the Canadians since the beginning of the season, maybe aside from Weber, is is out as well. So I mean, that's you know four really important players right there, and two two having breakout years in yeah. Armia and Drouin. Gallagher, who's always I mean the most consistent, the most. Arguably the most important, like you said, outside of uh, outside of Weber, 
the, the bright spot then is since these injuries, Max Domi has stepped up. It's been the Max Domi we saw last year. He's been fantastic. But it's all for nothing. At this point, yeah. I'm like, slow down, Max Domi. You're just going to be more expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, he could get pretty expensive, <laughs> definitely, especially if he keeps it up. But, um, well, I mean, the Canadians got a lot of cap room. Yeah, they so do. I guess, they uh, do. Can't, can't, can't let him walk. That's uh, that's for sure. But and moving on from the, the losing streak, I mean, it's clear at least before. So th- these moves all happened before the Saturday game, if I'm not mistaken, right? So it, those three extra losses make a huge difference in the standings. But uh, a couple moves happened on the same day, like three moves, actually. So Kovalchuk signing, first of all. Ilya Kovalchuk is a Montreal Canadian. Yeah. I mean, talk about how nothing leaks out of the Mark Bergerman office. Mm. I had read nothing, no rumors, nothing about anything like that happening, and all of a sudden, was completely shocked. Oh, definitely. I mean, and you wouldn't really expect it. I mean, you'd think Kovalchuk would want to go to, you know, a playoff team, yeah. a team that's at least in the thick of things, which the Canadians aren't really at this point. Um, there and there are rumors uh, that Boston was also interested. Boston yeah. was obviously very obviously. much in the thick of things. Yeah, so uh, kind of a, kind of a weird one. Obviously, I'm, I mean, he's through two games. He's looked really good so far. Obviously, um, but yeah, I mean, de- definitely a bit of a weird signing. I mean, obviously, gets the fans, gets us a little excited, gives I mean, us something he's been to talk really about. Fun to watch, he's yeah, been the most definitely. exciting player. He's been obvious, uh, arguably the best forward these last two games. Yeah. He was the best forward against uh, uh, in yesterday's game against uh, Jesus. I'm like, I guess Winnipeg. Yeah. And today he he was on the best line. So now, like as the game was, so he started yesterday. He played with uh, uh, instead of Gallagher with Tatar and uh, Dano, but now today playing with Suzuki and Domi, and that just looks like a, a really first great. line, a, a legit great line. Some they they had I think two of two of the goals today were with them on the ice. Mm-hmm. Kovalchuk had a crazy pass. He's he's playing amazing, and but uh, it's almost frustrating because I'm looking at it. Imagine if this move move was made at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like before he got let go from uh, from the Kings. I mean, he had some pretty decent stats, yeah, like especially considering the amount of ice time that he was getting in uh, in LA. So, it was a bit of a weird, weird think, thing to see. I him think get that's cut. why he came to Montreal instead of Boston. Because yeah, I, I think, I, think I don't think he's looking at this as a last hurrah to maybe get a Stanley Cup in his last season. I think he wants to sign another contract and get like get another chance to to, to be an NHLer. Mm-hmm. It obviously didn't work in L.A., and I think he looked at Montreal's rosters, he looked at Montreal's injuries, and he was like, okay, if I go there, I'm going to get some, some some time on the power play, I'm going to get some time with some offensive players, and I can show the world, the, the hockey world, that, that I can still play. And it's only been two games, but he's definitely been showing that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, it's been two games. He's 36 years old. He hasn't played in a little while, so, I mean, obviously he's probably... You know, fresh, obviously fresher than than a lot of the players that are out there on the ice. But usually, the argument is he's rusty. Because yeah, he which obviously he hasn't showed. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, he's obviously not dealing with some of the bumps uh, and bruises of that course. some of the other guys of have. Course. So, is he going to be able to keep up the pace? We'll see. Because <laughs> uh, with a healthy roster, because here's the thing for me: if the planets could be competitive next year, mm-hmm. and we 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 know that players don't really get, we don't really get, have big signings in Montreal. And all. If if Kovalchuk ends up really enjoying it in Montreal, and does well, I wouldn't be against giving him a a, a short two year or one year extension. If we we have cap space, who cares? And because because I was looking at the lineups, if if you had a healthy team right now, you have the obvious first line of Tatar, Dan- Danu, and Gallagher, who 
five on five is one of the best lines in hockey if you look yeah. at advanced stats and everything. And then you, you put Domi with uh, with Suzuki and and Kovalchuk, and then and then you have Drouin and and Kutkinyemi and Armia, who at the beginning of the year looked pretty solid together. Then you still have Lekkinen, and now all of them's on the fourth line, which doesn't seem yeah. fair because he's been amazing. Yeah, so that, that's solid. <laughs> that that'd be really 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 solid. I just imagine if we started the year with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that's that's some that's a pretty solid lineup. I mean, if you think, uh, like you said, Lekin on the fourth line, you know, with Cousins, Thompson, maybe Paling. So I mean, that's definitely a pretty solid lineup. Obviously, the defense is still a big issue. Exactly. That, that, if you do something like that, then to me, then the the, the offense is kind of kind of set going for. And the offense has been fine this year. It, it's really defense, yeah. and like I always say, it's not just the defense. It's team defense that's been struggling, but. It just it needs to improve, but then that's that's another move that was made by by Bergman. Now this is someone that's been rumored to the Canadians, yeah, for for an eternity. It's Marco Scandella, uh, local guy who's excited to play for the Canadians. It's always great to see that, you know. Yeah. He's, he's from NDG, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. You always love to see the see like you said a local guy come in. You know, he's obviously. Yeah, I mean, he looked super excited yeah. when when he first came in, had his first interview. Super excited to, uh, to be with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, that's always always nice to see. And Scandella, definitely, like you said, he's been a guy that's been rumored, I mean, for years, really. Uh, I know it's the guy that we've talked about as a possible option. Um, you know, maybe it's, I mean, obviously it's a little too late. That's the thing. <laughs> it's too late that's to be That's the doing. thing. The, the, the Scandella move especially is ex- exactly what the Canadians needed at the beginning of the year. It, it really, I mean, ideally we would need someone better than Scandella uh, in, in, in that spot, but it still greatly improves the team to move off Kulak. For some reason, Kulak was playing instead of Fleury today, whatever. Uh, I, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I see no reason to have Fleury in the press box at, at, no. at, at this point of the season, but that's just a coach trying to win at all costs. He hasn't yet thrown in the towel. I, I get it when you're in that position, you don't want to throw in the towel, but please don't leave Fleury in the press box. But uh, yeah, I mean, Marco Scandella, I mean, We've talked about it before. It slots right in. It made sense. Buffalo had an excess of de- defensemen of that that caliber. But that's someone else, though. To to go back to like the point I made with Kovalchuk. I mean, I could see the Canadians re-signing him if he likes it in Montreal. If he's excited to play for his home team. Yeah, they're gonna need defensemen next year. And who who else is there on the free agent market? Right, like we talked about last mm-hmm. last week. The the plan seems to be Romanov next year. But you want to have depth if Romanov is the plan. Yeah, well, Maybe I think they end up resigning a guy like Scandella. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if Romanov comes over, then there's not really any room for Scandella at that point because then you're going to have Romanov, Sharat, Mete, and then basically but Kulak. But I think you want the depth, though. Maybe Scandella won't want to play for yeah, a team well, where 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 he's like more of a. Well, a I don't think there's defenseman. any. No, well, Scandella is is definitely a top six defenseman. But there's no way that he's going to be sitting in the press box. Uh, no I mean, in, in, do you want Mete and Romanov? On the left side for the Canadians, maybe maybe Mete is not getting it, uh, like ice time every game and all that. You want to start the season and the three left defensemen are Sharat, Romanov, and Mete, and you don't want to have a legitimate defenseman as a as a yeah. But he's extra guy. he's not going to sign here to play potentially. No, there's he's no a hometown way. boy, hometown <laughs> boy. There's no way. Sc- Scandell is a, is a, is a legit defenseman. So are you telling me? I think Kulak you, can do t- the job. Are you telling me defenseman. Brett Kulak is going to be there again next year? <laughs> yes. I think he's signed for another two years. <laughs> he is signed for another two years. God. I mean, Kulak is is a he's, fine. I, 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 he's a very good seventh defenseman. Sure. I think he's he can be a decent third-pairing defenseman. He obviously has hiccups. 
like we've seen, yeah, like we saw tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he made a bad play on, uh, I forget which goal. I think it was the third goal. He got beat. But, you know, he, he is a decent defenseman. He's not a, necessarily a guy that you want having, you know, out there playing top minutes or even playing every night. I think he's a good seventh defenseman. But, uh, yeah, Scandella, there's no way he's going to reset. But here's the thing, though. There's no guarantee that Romanov even comes over. Next well, no, no. If Romanov doesn't come over, but at what then Scandella could be a good option. At what point will we know that Romanov is coming over or not? I, I would imagine at the end of the season. No, Russian players sometimes they make you wait. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think he's going to... If we start next year... Who knows what how it's going to play out? If we start next year, Romanov doesn't come over, and we don't have anyone else on the left defense, and we start with the same left defense as this year, <laughs> I'm going to jump on the fire Bergeron bandwagon. So fast, because that would be completely unacceptable. No, it's true. I mean, yeah, they they definitely can't come back next season with the same D. There, there's there's no way. Well, they did improve the defense for next year, regardless of, of any other move, by finally getting rid of Mike Riley. That's Actually, true. got an asset, a fifth round pick. We didn't mention, it, but Scandella was acquired for a fourth round pick. Then they got a fifth round pick and Andrew Sturts for Riley. So. Kind of essentially traded Riley for Scandella, like moving down in the draft a little bit. I mean, kind of. Well, so basically, what happened here? Um, I forget who posted this, but basically, what happened is that he was actually going to go through waivers, and Ottawa wanted was going to pick him up on waivers, but they didn't want to take on an extra contract, so they literally gave the Canadians a fifth round pick to take Andrew Sturz. Yeah, so I mean, nothing. Obviously, this guy is not yeah, a Sturz prospect whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's his contract ends at the end of the year. He will not be just qualified. consider who traded him away in Ottawa. There would be no reason for Ottawa to That's give true. A, anyone uh, who has any sort of potential. The only reason they brought Riley on is is probably just have an extra body that can maybe play in the NHL. Maybe they just want to let some kids play in the AHL, what have you. I mean, it's not like they're trying to make a push or whatever, but I mean, hey, getting a fifth. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's what we gave up to get Riley exactly. um, two two years ago, I think. Um, not, that, but my point stands though. The, the difference between a fourth and a fifth isn't that. Huge. No, no, for sure. I mean right? the Canadians. Yeah. Uh, I think they they have even after the trade they have three fourth rounders this this season. Yeah, that's um, right. They, they have they add a fifth. Ours, so. and Winnipeg. So. Yeah. So no, it's definitely not a big price to play uh, to pay for for Scandell, who again I think is a pretty legit defenseman. I'm surprised that we got him for for that, um, and. I mean, presumably the Canadians probably aren't going to be in the race at the end of the year, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know you could tr- maybe maybe you don't get necessarily a fourth round pick back, but I definitely think a playoff team would be interested in getting him. I mean, both Kovalchuk and Scandella could get moved at, at, at the at the deadline. Honestly, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kovalchuk can keep it up for sure. And that might have been what Bergerman said. He said, "Hey, come here. We'll give you first line minutes, and if we're out mm-hmm. of the playoffs, we'll move you for to a to yeah, a contender at the deadline." Right. So the, uh, that that makes sense. And and then today. Uh, a fourth move. I mean, Bergeron's been busy, clearly. Uh, Mike McCarron finally moving Michael on. Mike McCarron, yep. And for Laurent Dauphin, looking at their IMDb's very similarly, nothing <laughs> players. Yeah, both drafted by, I mean, both the same age, both drafted in 2013. Dauphin was a second-round pick, 39th, 39th overall. Um, yeah, he's on his fourth team now. He's he, you know He's been in, uh, well, he was obviously in the Nashville organization. He was drafted originally by Chicago. Uh, no, he drafted by Phoenix. Oh, drafted by Phoenix, and then he went to Chicago. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely not not a guy that's uh, that's you know is going to be a long term prospect for the Canadians. I think my, they just wanted to move on from Michael McCarron. Uh, I think he was really in the doghouse with Joel Bouchard. Um, he took a a five minute spearing penalty 
two weeks ago, I think. Uh, basically, they cost him the game. Okay. And Bouchard called him out, so I'm not too surprised that uh, that he did get uh, that he get shipped that he got shipped out. I think Dauphin is a guy that could definitely help the Rocket for the rest of the season. His contract ends at the end of the, at, uh, at the end of this season, so we'll see if he does end up getting re-signed. But he played in Shakutami with uh, with Charles Udon, so probably going to play on the first line. Well, we'll see. Maybe on the first line with Charles Houdon. Um So hopefully they can build uh, or reignite that chemistry that they had in Shakutami. And there's value to that at this point, right? Because like we want the Rocket to be successful. We've talked about in the past how having a successful AHL team could can bode well for a team in in, in future uh, years, just because those young players that then come into the NHL when it's the, when it's their time to jump in have had that experience to be on a playoff run. Uh, even if it's just the, the the hectic schedule that is a playoff run in hockey, having to play almost a hundred games in a season, uh, the playoffs included. So. I'm all for Benjamin making some moves to improve improve the rocket. If, the, if that's if that's what he's going to do moving forward, it's it's. I don't think it's anything to scoff at. I I do think it's important for the progress of a team for the the farm team to do well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously, it's their third year in Laval now. First two seasons they weren't able to make the playoffs. I think the organization really saw it as a playoff or bust this season. Yeah. Um, got off to a bit of a slow start, but they are in the thick of things right now. So I definitely think you know they really want to do everything they possibly can to make the playoffs this year, especially with the Canadians probably not making the playoffs. Um, I mean, the the excitement has been there. The last two or three games, they've opened the upper deck at the uh, at Place Belle. So which I love because when we go to the games, mm-hmm. I if, if we often if the upper deck is open because it's usually open on the home opener, but it's usually the times we've gone, it's been fairly empty. Yeah. We'll have tickets somewhere in the lower bowl, but we will just go to the upper decks in yeah. the front row somewhere it's free. It's I would say the best view, and you really get a great view exactly. of the whole game. You're not as as, as bothered around you and all that. So I love when they open up the upper deck. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a, it's a it's a great view. Uh, if you go to the up de- upper deck too, I mean, this season when we went to the home opener, we were sitting right beside some of the uh, well, the the rocket healthy scratches, passed by some of the uh, some of the media guys too, like there Anthony Marcotte and Stéphane Leroux. And you never know if you're sitting next to a scout or someone like that. I mean, obviously, they're not, they're not recognizable <laughs> uh, scouts generally, but I mean, it's co- cool cool experience yeah. and uh, for uh, for that alone. So like, let's talk a bit more about the rocket. That four game winning streak. I saw on Twitter. Uh, the, the, the Twitter handle for Canadians prospect. So he's talking about sending the kids down maybe to help the Rocket. Like at this point, at, at, at what point are we, okay, the, the NHL season's done and the Canadians aren't going to make the playoffs. Vendemo, maybe send him back down to play with the Rocket, help the Rocket out, and then just play wheel. Like who gives a shit? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, may- maybe a guy like Vademo. Um, I mean, I don't think you're sending down guys like Kakinyemi or Suzuki. No, no, obviously. no, not not them. No. But um, yeah, I mean, Vademo will definitely be a, a big part of the Rocket playoff, you know, playoff chase. Of what, course. What about Paling? He's just playing on the left wing, and uh, yeah, the I mean, uh, line. you know, I, like, I why mean, not give him some more minutes, maybe just to progress more as a centerman in uh, in the Val. Especially now that McCarron's gone, well, I mean, like they got Dauphin to replace him, but yeah, I mean, especially as uh, you know, as, as as the weeks go by, as they fall, presumably fall further and further out of the playoff race, yeah. the Canadians, um, you know, maybe that is something that, that they'll that they'll think about doing. Um, but I'm sure they're they demo and Paling are, are happy being with the Canadians, even if they are getting limited ice time. But uh, you know, getting that NHL paycheck doesn't hurt. I mean, they, they could sure. be happy all they want. <laughs> I, I I would prefer they go down, get more minutes, better better potential experience, 
And like I said before, I want the Rocket to do well. I think it's important for the Rocket to do well. And if those two guys can help, and I think yeah, they definitely is there an can. argument to be made that they wouldn't help? Of course they would help. No, of course. Of right? course. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure at some point, uh, yeah, that, you know, that might come into... Uh, might come into the come into the plans. Um, uh, come, you know, they they might have to make a decision at some point. I I don't think the decision is going to happen now. I mean, we're ha- just over halfway through the season. Oh, definitely not. I, I don't think they would do it right away because I think, unfortunately, the Bergevin and Clojure they still believe they still think that this team can. Potentially yeah, well, I mean, uh, you're not just going to give up on the season. No, of course not. Of course, yeah. but like like people love to say uh, on Twitter and all that. Oh, I'm still only seven points out of the wild card. Even. It's 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 only sure it's only seven points, but those seven points are a bigger margin than you think. Like you need yeah. the other teams to lose on top of you yeah. winning, and like like we said at the beginning, it's, it's twenty seven and eleven. Yeah, it's not That's happening. True. It's just not happening. Well, they're on a seven-game losing streak now. <laughs> if they turn around and get a seven-game winning streak, oh, of course, that's that's, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't think it, it's just. I just want I want the Rocket to make the playoff honestly at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, what I'm looking forward to now. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll be they'll be able to do it. Because in the meantime, it, it it gets harder and harder to watch the games because you're almost hoping they lose. You know, because I'm, I'm yeah. thinking about getting that the, guy. Yeah, and getting a better pick for sure. All right, so so let's move on. Then you got uh, four, I believe, Twitter questions. Today. Yeah, so we got some Twitter questions here. Uh, so uh, well, first of all, we got so Kevin Rogers. So at ka rogers seventy seven, uh, with a few back to backs coming this week and next, how should they work the goalie rotation so Price can stay fresh for these busy weeks? Do you think they keep Lindgren up or do they try Primo again? Well, Lindgren today, I definitely didn't cost Haynes the game. No, uh, I mean he he he, got, he let some goals in that maybe he maybe Price would stop or like people that you would say and stuff like that, but. At the end of the day, there was bad turnovers by defense. He played great in the first period, so I don't see why you you would send him down after a performance like that. And you're better off probably just keeping Primo starting yeah. for the Rocket. No, I definitely agree with that. I think yeah, Lindgren. You know, he's he's played two games so far. I mean, yes, he he let in four goals tonight, but it definitely wasn't his fault that they lost. He got let left out to dry quite a few times tonight. Looked pretty good against Carolina as well. Um, so I mean, he's doing the job so far. Um, I, I think Primo is at least as long as the the Rocket are in the playoff race. Best thing to do, I think, is to keep him down there, yeah, absolutely, yeah. keep him focused on that. I think that's going to be the best thing for his development. Be on a competitive team over a long season. You know, obviously he was a uh, he was playing college hockey last year where they play like 35, 40 games. So now, you know, he's he's going through a long, intense pro season here. Hopefully, they do make the playoffs and he can uh, he can. You know, do the do a playoff run with the Rocket, but I think f- at least for now, while they're in the playoff race, he'll stay there. If they do fall out of the playoff race, maybe near the end of the season, maybe you'll see Primo get a couple of games. With that. Yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense to me, because uh, you might want to see him get a few more NHL games, but getting the Rockets in the playoffs is more important. And if he could be part of leading that team, exactly to to make it get to the, the it, it really establishes him as kind of a starter at the pro level. And let's not forget Carey Price. Led the Rocket to a playoff run, uh, in uh, when when he was still playing. Yeah. not the well, Rocket, the Bulldogs, obviously yeah. the, Bulldogs, the Bulldogs at the time, and I'm sure, I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you that. But that was great for his development, right? Obviously, he was a blue chip prospect, drafted fifth overall. But it, it's it, it's just amazing experience for for a goaltender, especially at the pro level, to be the guy game in and game out. And I know the the reality with the AHL schedule is a lot of back to back, so he's not going to play every single game, but. 
And I, I think it, make, it just makes sense, especially with Lingren, the way he played. It's just fine, like whatever. Canadians yeah. aren't making the playoffs anyway. No, exactly. Yeah. Th- yeah, it's definitely the way to go, at least at this point. As long as Lingren p- keeps playing the way that he has played, definitely I'd give him a couple more starts yeah. and see how he does. Um, after that, so we got Will at O underscore Habs. Uh, predictions on Kovalchuk. I mean, if we got to this question. Yeah, he asked us this yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so obviously we've seen him from two, for two games. Um, I mean – Again, he might have been the best forward so far over these over the last two games. Uh, again, at 36 years old, I don't think he's going to be able to keep it up. Um, you know, hopefully he can. But uh, you know, I think if he can, uh, you know, if, if if he especially once the Habs get healthy, you know, he's probably get relegated more to a third line role. I mean, I think definitely will be huge. You know, if if he does move down to the third line once the Canadians get a little bit more healthy, plays with Kukiniemi, I think that'll definitely help Kukiniemi finally have some winger or at least one winger that can score some goals for him. Um, so I definitely think that 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 would be great. I mean, well, we got like a little under forty games left. If he, if he can get even like ten goals, I think that would be pretty solid. Ten goals would be phenomenal you know? in, in, uh, in in forty games. But I, I don't think he's going to slow down that, that much, honestly, because I think he's someone. Uh, regardless of how old he is, uh, he hasn't played that much in the last few years, and he, from all accounts, he, he he's kept in great shape uh, during uh, during his downtime. And he he looks like someone who absolutely has something to prove. He yeah. still has something in the tank, and he wants he wants another contract. He wants another contract for another team. He didn't work out in L.A. Uh, he maybe just wanted to live the L.A. life for a bit, and uh, wasn't too focused on hockey. But he wants to have like. Uh, I think he's someone that wants to have the last couple seasons to maybe maybe fix his NHL legacy towards the end, maybe go to a contender, maybe compete uh, in the playoffs. I think he's going to really push hard. He's playing for Kovalchuk right now. Like, I don't think – like, he must be aware of the standings for the Canadians and they're not making it, but he's playing for a future contract, and I think he's – yeah, I think he's going to be the best part of watching the Canadians towards the end of the year. It's just going to be fun to watch Kovalchuk do his thing in a Canadiens jersey. But yeah. uh, And he definitely seems really excited to be here, too. Yeah, that's... So, that's, I mean, that's, that's you know, you that's, love to that's, see that's, that. That's, you love to see that, for sure. And, uh, I mean, the one thing that worries me, though, let's see he does really well, he likes it in Montreal, decides to resign, but then he just wanted another contract, and then next year, once he gets his contract, he's back to just doing that, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, let's, you know, we'll enjoy it as long as we can. <laughs> but, Every time uh, I see him with the jersey, with, like, it's just, it's really cool. Just it to is see, cool, it, definitely. Just, just to see Kovalchuk, he has a very specific style, like the way mm-hmm. he wears his jersey, and like the, the, the jersey, like the, the, the elbow pads are showing a little bit and all that. He has a very specific look, and just to see that, the Canadian's jersey, it's cool. I mean, he's 35, and we're out of the playoffs anyways, but still, it's it's a, it's a good look to see. So I'm, I'm happy just for that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, and, and, I mean, he definitely adds another dimension to the power play as well. Um, so oh, hopefully with him, yeah. we'll see less wheel and cousins on the power play, hopefully. I mean, you, you saw it today on the on the Suzuki goal. They, they couldn't just focus on Shea Weber's one time mm-hmm. because you can, he can slow down all, he's want, all he wants with his skating. He still has that slap shot. He still has a one-timer. So they had to focus on him too for that. So... It changes it. It really it's it's bumming me out a little bit because right away he's making a huge difference for the team, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, if he was there at the beginning of the year, could could have changed a lot. I think. I don't think they make like I don't think if they had Kovalchuk and Scandell at the beginning of the season, I don't think they're in any well maybe a little bit closer to the playoffs, but they're not in the playoffs. I don't necessarily agree because they've been so close 
on like on so many of these games. They haven't. It's not just now that they've started. And you, you add a left defenseman, and everyone else moves down to the, more their proper position, and it, it makes a huge difference to the to the makeup of of, of, of the Canadians. I I think, and you, you add some extra depth with Kovalchuk on the wing. I just I, I really think those two pieces at the beginning of the year could have made a huge, huge, huge difference. Well, I, don't, I also don't think Kovalchuk would be on the team if it wasn't for all the injuries. No, obviously, that's that, that's that's how it happened. And, and So he never would have been on the team at the beginning of the year. But not necessarily. That's not necessarily true. He still would have fit into the lineup. Well, I guess, but I don't think they would have. There, there was no way, Col- well, anyway, first of all, he was with the Kings anyway. But I don't, there, there was no way that, that, that Bergevin, I don't think, would have went out to get him at the beginning of the season. Well, maybe Bergevin was wrong because clearly <laughs> we're seeing that it's like he's he was obviously on an island in LA and it wasn't working there. His coach probably didn't like him or for, or whatever. I mean, the biggest difference would have been Scandella, and that is something that was realistic at the beginning of the year. Yeah, from all accounts, Buffalo's been looking to trade him forever, just because not because they don't like him necessarily. They just have just a glut of defensemen of similar caliber uh, in the in their system. So you add Scandella to this, you add a left defenseman that can play top four minutes in the NHL to this team instead of Brett freaking Kulak, it makes a huge difference to this team. It makes a big difference. I don't think they were a Scandella away from making the playoffs. I mean, the Canadians are what, like nine points out of the playoffs now? Seven points out of the playoffs. Seven points. I don't think Scandella makes a seven-point difference. I think he, I think you might be wrong with that because it, it, it flips so quickly and the thing is it's it, it makes a difference at the beginning of the year they maybe and they don't end up going on a losing streak and it's it's not it's not just the Scandella idea is that Scandella makes makes Mete move down makes makes Shrop not playing thirty minutes a game and and it just it just changes the whole dynamic of the team to have just actual NHL defensemen playing defense for the Canadians because it, it was. Really bad at times for the Canadians. It has been. no, it definitely has been. And but... offense hasn't been an issue for, for Montreal, so I, I I might agree more with Kovalchuk not being that big a difference without the injuries because they were scoring anyway. But right. th- this team, even though they're seven points out now, they've had a two huge losing streaks, and they're not as bad. Like they're more sim, they're similar in, in in talent to what they were last year, where they barely missed the playoffs. Now there's seven points out of the playoffs, but there's a lot that comes into that there. Improving the defense would have made a huge difference for this team. They, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. They definitely still be fighting for a spot right now. They, they might be a little bit closer. But again, I mean, Scandella, yes, maybe he would have taken some minutes away from Sherratt. Um, I mean, he's also not a guy that's going to be playing 25 minutes. No, regardless. of course not. That's... I mean, I don't know how, much, how many minutes he's played in the first three games here with the Canadians, but um, I obviously, I mean, I guess he takes a little bit of pressure off of Mete as well. Again, I know you hate Kulak. <laughs> well, I'm not. A, I'm obviously not the biggest Kulak fan either, but I don't think he's quite as bad as some fans seem to think he is. Um, obviously, Scandelli, yes, he is a an improvement over Kulak, um, but not to the point. To that, to the point where they are in the playoffs at this point, yeah, they might be like two points closer. I mean, because a lot, a lot can happen. You never know. It because it, there's so much parity in the NHL now. It just, it could, it could have flipped everything. You never know. It's the butterfly effect. Also. Maybe they would have less injuries. It, you know why? Why would that? Why, why would that help? Because you never know. Every little <laughs> thing that happens changes everything. It changes. Maybe, maybe he's really, really good in the gym. 
Okay. And then so that, that so then Gallagher would have worked out harder and not injure his head on. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe if they hired me as a backup goalie, maybe uh, like, who knows? Maybe no would be injured and. Uh... No, I think the whole team would develop a drinking problem. <laughs> oh, that's probably true. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's probably more accurate. <laughs> it just feels like it's it's weird for for Bergman to make these moves. I mean, they, the moves didn't cost anything. It's fine. No, no. I mean, uh, no. Obviously, it didn't cost too much. I mean, but, but... they seem like such. It's too late. Yeah, it's obviously too late. Of course. <laughs> so why did he wait so long to make these moves? I mean, I guess they're just trying to salvage salvage it a little bit. And realistically, what were Buffalo asking for Scandella at the beginning of the year? Like a third round pick? Uh, yeah, I would. I would even more. I, I would have said maybe a second rounder for Scandella. I'm really surprised they got him for a fourth rounder. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of the Buffalo fans were pretty pretty mad about it too, yeah. which is always a good sign for us. Sure. Uh, so next question uh, we got from Etienne Farlan. So at Etienne Farlan. Etienne. Etienne. Sorry. Sorry, Etienne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't say I watched the Kings games last year and this year, but why didn't they like Kovalchuk? So I mean, it's kind of a, obviously kind of a hard question to answer. Yeah, we also don't watch Kings games. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean. I, I was under the impression I th- I thought when they got rid of him is it was it might have had something to do with um, just just attitude um, but by all accounts apparently that he he's a great teammate yeah um, I forget who who exactly said it there but I mean there were some some players on the Kings that definitely actually I think even Nate Thompson said it that that Kovalchuk's an amazing teammate obviously I mean he's he, He's now he, a teammate with him now, but, but uh, I mean he he's not the happy only one. To not be the oldest player on the team anymore. Oh, I'm sure that helps too. He's not the grandpa anymore. I but mean, maybe just his style of play. Maybe he wasn't back checking enough. What have you? I mean, it's not like it's been going well in L.A. Right? So no, oh, exactly. I mean, it's, whatever uh, reason they didn't like him in L.A., they're not doing anything right in L.A. Anyways, right? They, the the only reason they're not the worst team in the league right now is because the Detroit Red Wings are so bad, even though the Canadians can't beat them. So, I mean, you take a look at his stats. In 17 games with the Kings, he had nine points, which is pretty decent. So yeah. you're getting half, nearly half a point a game. Um, and that was with some very limited playing time. With terrible so, linemates. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know who he was playing with, but, I mean, they don't have if a very good team. If he's not playing top-line minutes yeah, with L.A., exactly. he's playing with scrubs. You know, he's not playing with Kopitar. So, I mean, if he, if he was playing limited minutes, you got to figure that maybe he was like, Again, I didn't watch any Kings games, but he was probably maybe on the fourth line. Probably not very. So happy. I mean, yeah, obviously, I'm sure he wasn't too happy. And I mean, Kovalchuk is not the kind of guy that you can have on a fourth line. Well, not at all. You know, so I mean, that that obviously right there is not going to work. It, it, it just it seemed like a weird move in general with in, uh, with LA. And if you go on Twitter, a lot of Los Angeles fans just didn't seem to understand it either. They didn't understand why the, he wasn't playing more offensive minutes. Uh, for the case, it just seems like a situation that the coach simply didn't like him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it definitely seems like a weird situation. Why, yeah. you know, why they they would have get gotten rid of a guy that was actually producing pretty well and not playing him, and just letting him go like that—it's just weird. It's just a really, really weird situation. But it's hard yeah. to tell. Yeah, we, we, honestly, we're speculating. We yeah. know as much as you no, do exactly. I mean, it's it, you know, it's one of those things. You know, you never know what's going on behind behind closed doors. So, so who who knows exactly what was happening? But uh, I mean, uh, definitely happy to have him in a Habs jersey right now. And uh, finally, our fourth question. <laughs> Last question here. Uh, okay, so we got from Dylan Waugh at the Habstatician podcast. 
Uh, so we got where where will we finish in the standings this year, and what do you expect from next year? All right, let's go look where at the, we finish this year. League-wide standings, and so let's see how low can we go. How low can the Habs go? Um, okay, so right now the Canadians are 25th with 43 points. Uh, they have a game in hand on San Jose, who has 42. So actually, uh, the the Rangers passed the Canadians, so they went down after today's game, which is which is I would argue a good sign at this point. They could still San Jose could could leapfrog them, Anaheim. They honestly every team except Detroit. Detroit's finishing last. Every team against except Detroit could potentially pass the Canadians. Unfortunately, I think the Canadians are too good. Yeah, to finish well, second last in the league. Exactly. I mean, they've been on a seven-game losing streak, and they've actually played pretty well. Yeah. Um, like like we've already said a couple of times. I mean, it's it's basically all been one game or uh, one one goal losses. So I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's gonna it's gonna continue. I think they're gonna win some games, especially when they start getting healthy. You know, I think they could maybe even go on a bit of a run. Obviously, not. I don't think enough of a run to make the playoffs but you know they, they're probably going to climb a little bit higher in the standings so basically worst case scenario yeah basically oh, yeah, <laughs> so they're not uh, going to make the playoffs I, I unfortunately but... uh, agree that there's really no chance they're going to make the playoffs but I mean ideally they, they would drop further down but unless they get more injuries and no matter how much you want to, to tank or whatever I mean regardless don't, don't root for injuries even, even if you finish last you only have like an 18% chance of getting the first overall pick of course yeah so... but, but it's not just that right because like we We've talked about it's not just as as much as, as amazing as it would be to get Lafreniere. If you can get in the top like seven or eight of that draft, yeah, uh, definitely. That, that you could get a really, really, really solid player. So if you finish like fourth last, you're gonna get yeah, no, of course. You know, you know what I mean. So that it's it's, it's not just about getting a chance at the top pick. Is that okay? Even if you don't get the top pick, you know, at, at least your consolation prize is is pretty solid. We got the Canadians got very lucky last year. Uh, with uh, Cole Caulfield, with Cole Caulfield uh, dropping to them, so you never know where you are in the draft, what what, what have you. But I, if they could finish twenty fifth where they are right now, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, like, obviously Lafreniere is the big guy, but I mean, this is a really great draft, yeah. especially the, the the top eight, nine, maybe even ten guys. There's going to be a lot of good players there. Um, so hopefully they can get one of the top ten picks. Um, hope maybe even hopefully in the top five, that would be awesome. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, hopefully they don't do too good. So then next year, then? It's, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to say. I mean, so it, I think Romanov. Next year is make it or break it year next year. Next year is when the Claude Julien and Marc Benjamin heads will roll if, 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 if it's a season like this season. Yeah. It, it's going to, they, they need to make a change. If Romanov needs to come over and make a difference, that, I mean, that's the big thing. Is it going to be that much better next season? I mean, what? Who's coming over next year? It's, it's going to be Romanov. Romanov is a big piece, and it's it's the progression of the young players. You yeah, hope, I mean, you they, hope they, Kutke, yeah, if yeah, can take a, a real step, Hopefully. And, and show he's a true like third overall potential top line center. Suzuki keeps progressing like he has, and then stay healthy. But the, really, the big difference this year we mentioned a lot is is defense, and if Romanov can be one of the because we see it every year a team that gets a player that comes in. And makes it an impact right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not fair to Romanov to expect no, exactly. that of him exactly. right away. But it happens, and if yeah. it does happen to Canadians, and it makes a huge difference, I think next year, if if Romanov is not making a difference, 
then Benjamin might make a bunch of moves to like I think we squeak into the playoffs next year. I think that's what happens. Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance. Um yeah, I mean, Romanov definitely is, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to come over. I mean, like he said, you, we've seen it in the past. I mean, we're seeing it this year with Kale McCarr. We've seen it, you know, even, Quinn Hughes even this season is, is having an amazing year, rookie season. That's the thing. If you add Not, Quinn Hughes to the yeah. Canadians, the Canadians that'd be, would be, that'd be amazing. That'd be a huge difference. To the definitely a huge difference. Year, right? So if Romanov can even be a... a, a yeah. Inch that like you said, it's not fair to expect it. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> but, but, you know, it could happen, yeah. and that's what we're hoping for. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, hopefully the young guys, guys like Hakuniemi, Suzuki, they'll uh, even Kale Fleury, hopefully they'll be able to take another step. But, I mean, guys, as far as guys coming in, I mean, Romanov, maybe you got Jake Evans, but, I mean, Jake Evans is like, you know, bottom six forward. Um, and then it's if they make signings or make trades. Yeah, I mean, we'll see about that. So, I and mean, price if he bounces back. Hopefully. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they're fighting for a spot, a playoff spot next year. If you have to put money season. on it, though, do you think they make the playoffs next year? You have to either gamble right now <laughs> on them making the playoffs or on them not making the playoffs. Yeah, I think they can. I, I, mean, I still think. Yeah, I think they will. Okay, I, I would bet that go. they will. There you go. I, I still think that, you know, if, if they could have stayed healthy this season it would have been the same season you know. as last year and mm. last year they could have made the they would have been fighting yeah you exactly. know like last year it, it, it's they, they were a playoff team that missed the playoffs it's just that there were nine playoff teams in, in the eastern conference so i mean we just touched on romanoff so to finish off the podcast let's move on to the world junior recap canada won obviously we're rooting for canada living in canada no canadians prospects for canada but that was a very very exciting game but i couldn't help feel bad for our boy Romanov with how it ended yeah. and we've seen his passion we've seen how much he cares and oh boy would I be that that pug that hit the camera that yeah. was a hundred percent a penalty yeah, that was a definitely. bullshit call and if I was Romanov I'd be furious oh I, I saw a clip I, I don't know the guy's name he's one of the OVs on the Russian team he, he was on the, the TV broadcast for AK Bars or something like that, whatever their team name is, and they were doing this segment, and they had a little yeah, camera, yeah, yeah, the TSN look, and he was just smashing <laughs> it with a hammer. I, I can only imagine what they're talking about there. But but as far as Canadians' prospects do, Romanov, another fantastic tournament. Yeah, Romanov. And I mean, there's some actually some talk today that he was he finished the tournament with either a broken, potentially a broken hand or a broken arm, which is ridiculous. And he was still the, like, I, I would even I would say that he was better than Sandine. I thought he was the best defenseman in the tournament. Uh, there, there's been a lot of arguments on Twitter on who who obviously Leafs fans saying it's Sandine and has fans saying it's uh it's it's, it's Romanov, but uh, an argument can definitely be made. I mean, they were both named by the media yeah. uh, to the All Star team as, as a two defenseman, but Sandine did win defenseman of the tournament. But hey, Romanov won it last year. He probably just want to give a trophy to someone else for this year. Probably. Thanks. If he did finish with it, I, I hadn't heard that actually. That's. That's ridiculous. That's, that that that's a that's exciting as far as uh, the kind of player he is, but I, I would I don't like hearing the uh, he has a broken <laughs> arm though. If I'm being honest, but uh, I mean, yeah, he he showed he showed amazing like passion and grit and and plus he's producing offensively. Didn't he become the top scoring defenseman in Russia history? Yeah, in Russian yeah, history. Yeah, 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 exactly. In the so tournament, that, that that's huge right here, right there. Uh, but uh, I mean, if he could show that hard playing for the Canadians, uh, he'll he'll be a fan favorite for. Uh, for years, uh, the other, I mean, main player that people wanted to see at the World Cole Games. Caulfield, unfortunately. Obviously, a disappointing <laughs> tournament. Yeah, he had one uh, exciting game-winning goal in overtime yeah. for for USA. Never cheered louder for <laughs> for Team USA in my life. 
was very happy to see him score. Again, I mean, a lot of a lot of weird coaching decisions yeah, there. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Americans were a lot of people's favorites to win the tournament. Yeah, and they greatly disappointed. So by all accounts, they were a poorly coached, poorly managed uh, roster there. So. I w- I'm not worried about Cole Caulfield and, and how he did at the World no, Juniors. No, he, definitely He did not. what he could with the opportunities that were given to him. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, uh, he was never put in a position to succeed. I mean, a lot of their best players on the U.S. just weren't weren't utilized. I yeah. mean, you have – and it wasn't just Cole Caulfield. It was his uh, college teammate, Alex uh, Alex Turcott. Even Trevor Z- Zagris, that was one of their best players probably. He even got limited ice time. So, I mean, a team that, that probably should have won. They had the best goaltender. They had great defense. Some of the best forwards probably should have won, and they end up getting – I think it was. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, they got eliminated yeah, in, the, yeah. uh, in the quarterfinals. So, it's hugely disappointing for them. But uh, I saw some clips of him by back uh, practicing with uh, with the Badgers, looking amazing with his one time. So, I'm not worried about that. Obviously, no. Caulfield, it, it's going to be – it's not like he's coming in next year and scoring 50 goals in the NHL. Like, no. It's going to be a few years away. Still a great 15th overall pick for, for, for the Canadians. I'm not too worried. And his American teammate was 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 a bit of a bright spot in Jordan Harris. Yeah, Jordan Harris looked great. moments for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, again, I mean, I've said it before, the way that he's progressed since getting drafted third round uh, in 2018. I mean, he's he's been amazing. And he got better, I thought, as the tournament went on. Looked super comfortable out there playing his offhand. So, I mean, that's going to be huge moving forward, too, the, the fact that he can play on the left and right. Uh, that's great. Definitely excited to see. You know, maybe I don't. Probably won't won't move to the Rocket next season, but uh, maybe the year after. Definitely looking uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do. And the last one we were excited to see going into the year because he's having a pretty solid year uh, playing in uh, in the Swedish uh, league. But uh, Norlander, who had uh, kind of a eh tournament, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great, but he, yeah. He I mean, he limited ice time in on an absolutely stacked. Swedish yeah. defense, so I mean, he he didn't get much of a chance under ten minutes uh, per game average ice time. So looked good, um, you know, in the limited ice time that he had. But you know, I'm excited to see how he's going to finish the season. Actually, there was some he did sign a contract for next year with uh, with the team that he's with now, Moto. But apparently, he does have an out clause, and there was some rumblings that maybe he could come over to North America next year. So uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to follow that. All right, so that uh, that pretty much sums it up for. Uh, I mean, there's not really more uh, prospect to. You know, no, that's uh, that's about. pretty much the big one. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think next, starting next week we can, we can maybe start the start taking a look at the draft. Um, so uh, profiling one potential Canadians draft pick uh, per week. Um, so we'll we'll put some polls up there. If yes, you guys have fans, any, uh, it's, uh, only barely midway through the season, yeah, well, yeah. and the focus needs to change to the, <laughs> the potential draft. Picks. So if there's any guys, uh, any players, any prospects that you guys want us to uh, want us to take a look at, uh, you can send us a send us a posting on Twitter. Send and us like a DM. not Lafreniere, we're obviously eventually gonna we're we're gonna constantly talk, but like some some more deep cuts, you know, some more likely to be available at the Canadian spot. I mean, if you look at it right now, the Canadians would be drafting uh, seven, eight. You know, I mean, yeah. guys that could go around that spot. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the so the first guy that we took a look at in our pro, prospect profiles last year was Cole Caulfield. So, and we drafted him. Really? So I have to go back and listen to that. Because I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Caulfield, if I remember correctly. So maybe the first guy that we uh, take a look at this year will be the eventual Canadians draft pick. All right. So we have to make sure to do the first profile <laughs> just in case. It has like, to be Lafreniere. You know, yeah, 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 we have to do Lafreniere, actually. Just, uh, just for, for, for the good mojo. 
All right, so as always, follow us at the House Forum. Uh, ask us some questions. We'll answer them. Mention some prospects like Dustin just said. Give us some reviews on the on the, the, the iTunes uh, on iTunes. The, the iTunes. Jesus, I always mess that up. And uh, subscribe. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for listening.